It is the 11 Dubcast. I'm Johnny. He's Andy. And we're here to talk to you about the worst basketball team that's ever existed in this universe. And I hate them. And I'll never watch Ohio State men's basketball again. How dare they lose as the fourth best team in the country? How dare they lose to the third best team in the country? I don't think that's that we expect more. We expect more at Ohio State. And I don't think that a, uh, you know, what, a five point loss to, uh, to Michigan to that team up north is really appropriate. And I think they should fire. Chris Holtman and replace him immediately with Archie Miller. And then Ohio state will go and, and take their, their prophesized spot at the top of the college basketball world. That's what I think. The aftermath was, you know, pretty swift. Ohio state loses to number three, that team. Up and they north. shut down the athletic department. I couldn't believe it. It's <laughs> wild. <laughs> and, and they plummeted, plummeted in the AP top 25 poll from uh, fourth all the way to fourth, uh, which, you <laughs> know, was, was frankly, uh, entirely appropriate, you know, in, in, entirely. <laughs> and I saw also that, uh, you know, bracketologist Joe Lenardi still has Ohio state as a one seed, which is entirely appropriate. As I, uh, speaking yeah. of prophecy that you mentioned, uh, you know, the final four, baby. Um, I will say I was, you know, we bit irked, I had voted in the uh, 11warriors.com site poll, which I encourage people to do every day, uh, had voted that Ohio State would, you know, sweep the remaining games on its regularly <laughs> regular yeah. season schedule. I was hashtag wrong about that, but not but not terribly wrong. So I felt pretty good, you know, that that game was nip and tuck, right? Pretty well uh up until the end. Up until the end. Like you were you would check in the score um, cause I wasn't just right in front of the TV for the whole game. And, and so I'm keep checking score apps and, and it's like, okay, they're neck and neck tied, tied up, tied up bucket here, bucket there. Uh, it just, it just goes to show you like for once, uh, the polls have it pretty right. You know, Michigan and Ohio yeah. state are pretty evenly matched ball club, at least in the big picture. They're very different teams, but that was a, that was a battle. It was a battle, and, and facetiousness aside, it was a really great game to watch. It was, you know, modern basketball. If you want to get an idea about what basketball looks like in 2021 for college basketball, watch that game again. It is that's that's the future of the sport. I obviously was not happy about the way that it turned out. Like that sucks. Obviously, that's you know, you you have a close game, you're there, you're in it to win it. You've got to lead towards the end of the game. Michigan just kind of makes a comeback and, and, you know, gets you. It's, it's, it's hard to swallow that. I still think though that Ohio state proves some things, uh, especially offensively where you're like, I can't believe they're, they're still making these shots. Yeah. I, I, I know it's not going to happen necessarily at this point. I mean, maybe it will, but there's no real indication of it. I still have this fear that Ohio state's going to go cold at some point that they're just, everybody in the team just won't be able to shoot and blah, blah, blah they're still making these insane shots. They're still finding open looks against really, really good teams. I mean, Michigan isn't just some like chump team that can just put up a bunch of points and not play defense. They're a very good defensive team. And Ohio state was still raining on them you know what you got 11 threes, you shoot, you know, 50% from the field for three over 50% from two. Like they, this was a really like, cohesive offensive game plan the only thing that kind of sucked though is that Ohio State didn't necessarily spread it around but I didn't you don't really need to <laughs> like Dwayne has 30 he drops 30 Dwayne EJ's got 23 
I, I think they played to their strengths. The only thing that really kind of failed them was defense. And that's, you know, that's something that you can be concerned about going to March Madness, especially when a guy like Hunter Dickinson, who's like seven foot 10, you know, just clogs up the inside and, and really was the reason why, um, you know, Michigan won that game. Uh, there are things to worry about, but overall, if you want to still believe that Ohio State's a great team, I, I don't think that this game did anything to dissuade you of that notion. And, and that's why they stayed at number four, because this is a, gr- a great game between really two great teams. Yeah. And because you believe too, that if we go back and, and play that again, if this was a normal season and they were playing each other twice, I mean, I guess they don't, they wouldn't have to play each other twice, but if you assume that they were going to play two games in the season, yeah. uh, Ohio state would have a shot to win that, win that one. No, no, no doubt. Right. That, that, that very well, um, was a game they would go in and expect to win, uh, and, mm-hmm. and be in the fight. So yeah, they, Dwayne shout out to Dwayne Washington jr. For, uh, becoming big 10, uh, men's basketball player of the week, co co honoree his, uh, which I thought was interesting. That was his first player of the week accolade for a guy who's as good as he is. Um, I'm surprised he hadn't one player of the week at some point, but he definitely earned it with that career high 30 against the, uh, Wolverines. The other thing that I think is really interesting, I, you know, uh, listeners to the program will know I'm a guy who likes the data. The thing that really this game showcased, I think, is that Ohio State's challenge down the stretch, specifically come tournament time, they get deep into a tournament and God forbid run up against another one seed Gonzaga or Baylor, is that Ohio State is the uh, most lopsided Ohio State and Iowa are kind of uh, mirrors here. The most lopsided offense and defensive team in the top 10. When you look at uh, Ken Pomeroy's basketball ratings, Ohio State's currently Ken Palm number seven, Michigan's Ken Palm number three. But here's the difference. So Michigan uh, offensively is the number seven offense in, in Ken's ratings, the number 11th defense. So that's pretty good balance. Yep. Uh, Gonzaga's number two offense, number four defense. Baylor's number four offense number six defense Michigan as I say seven and eleven Ohio State is the number three offense they're outstanding they're the number 86 rated defense yeah. Iowa's similar Iowa's the top rated offense and the number 74th defense so I mean that's that's a huge challenge and and one of the reasons that you don't see you know Ohio State racing out against a Michigan and, and building uh, a lead that their opponent can't overcome like they have with some of these other schools right. where they just race out to a 20 some point lead and, and can kind of milk that when they're not hitting those shots like crazy. Well, and the other thing is, I mean, Musa was out obviously, and, and yeah. not that he's played a ton of minutes during this season, but he's the guy that you want on the perimeter trying to shut down some of the crazy three point shooting and whatnot. And that, I mean, who's to say if that would have helped much in this game. I, I really believe that Hunter Dickinson was the X factor with us. Yeah. They just were not able to slow that guy down. Michigan shot incredibly well from the line, which, you know, that if you look at it, Ohio state made more buckets than Michigan did, right. They, they were hitting those buckets. It's just that they were able to play inside and really spread the ball around and got a lot of fouls and, 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 and you didn't have a defensive presence on the court for Ohio state to kind of shut these guys down. And that was, you know, that was one of the hallmarks of the Thad Mata tenure, which is Ohio state played excellent defense and they were able to do it without fouling, which is really kind of remarkable. They, they had a bunch of guys who were really, really great at that. Mm -hmm. Uh, You don't really see that on this team. And, you know, 
in the early rounds of March Madness, if we're going to project that far forward, I don't think that that's going to matter too much. The, their offense is just too damn good. They're going to steamroll a bunch of teams. But as you said, when you get into the Elite Eights or the Sweet 16s even, that you've got to be able to get some stops. And right now, I mean, again, guys like Kyle Young, EJ Liddell, Zed, they, they put in some really tough, hardcore minutes where they are playing their butts off, but they can be outmatched physically. And that's what you saw against, um, you know, against Michigan. Now, with that said, can they step up? Yeah, because they've gone toe-to-toe with Illinois and shut down their big men. Mm -hmm. I mean, they frustrated the hell out of Garza when they played Iowa. Yeah. Um, And we'll see if that holds true because now you've got (laughs) – now you've got to prove something a little bit in these last few games. Um, And that should be be interesting because I'm sure Iowa is definitely super excited (laughs) – about maybe a, a potential matchup again against Ohio State. Not a potential matchup, a matchup against Ohio State where they can maybe uh, rectify some things that they uh, they they had in the first meeting. I mean, you hit the nail on the head when you talked about foul trouble because if you look at the stats in that game, right, it was pretty even shooting. Uh, both yep. teams hitting a little better than 53% of their shots. As you noted, Ohio State um, took 60 shots to Michigan's 58 uh, the Buckeyes hit 50% of their three pointers. Like, you, you know, that's not a bad day at the Pretty office. Um, but Michigan, the, the same, they may had the same made number of three pointers. Both teams made 11. It, here, here was the big difference. So Ohio state shot an incredible 92% from the charity stripe, 92%, yeah. 12 of 13 hashtag, not bad. <laughs> Michigan only uh, hit 79% of its free throws, but they took 24 shots, right? From the foul and that's, line. And that's, that's what it. happens when you're banging in the middle and you've got people who are able to like really dominate and do some things in the paint. And Ohio State is resorting to fouling these guys because they can't yeah, they can't really it, lock them down. It, it didn't matter that Ohio State was hitting everything they threw from the free throw line because Michigan got there almost twice as many times. Right. I mean, almost twice as many shots. You know, 24 shots versus 13. That's huge. Uh, uh, just an incredible disparity there. Um, that, that to me is, you know, and, and I think there was a great, uh, film study this week by one Kyle Jones. I encourage people to read talking about Ohio state's interior defense is very, this very issue. Right. And so I think, mm-hmm. uh, that's, I mean, that, that they did, as you noted, did not have an answer for the big man in the middle. And, and that's going to, you know, potentially continue to be a problem. Uh, although, you know, the Luca, uh, example is a good one because Zed, my man, you know, finger guns for the win. <laughs> Zed didn't have a great game against Michigan. They, they, I think they, they saw that this is a guy that they needed to eliminate a little bit that needs to be pushed out of the paint. And they did a good job at doing that. He was not able to impact the game the way he typically does. And he, he, he tried, I mean, it's not like he was out there just, you know, with some up his butt, but the guy was, he was taken out of his normal game, which is using his big butt and pushing people around and they didn't let him do it yeah. uh, to Michigan's credit. And that's the thing. Like you're really, Yes, I love Zed Key. I am an unabashed Zed Key stand, but I'm going to tell you something. There are teams that can take him out of that, and unless you have an answer for it, it's not going to really you, – you've got to be able to compete against these teams who can throw multiple big men at you, and if one your one guy who's there like locking dudes down physically isn't really doing his thing. Kyle Young didn't have an awesome game either – Mm-hmm. then you're then you're in trouble you're in big trouble and ohio state just physically cannot match against a lot of these teams um 
when it comes to like height and weight disparity, all that kind of stuff. So you've got to be able to mitigate that a little bit. And if they're pushing your guys out of the paint, I mean, don't foul. <laughs> yeah. you know, don't send them to the strike 25 times. Right. Cause that's not going to be the solution. That was, that uh, is, all of these, all of these teams can hit their, their free throws down. Like that's, that's the other thing. Like everybody's hitting free throws. So that's, that's not the solution. That's not saying, okay, well, we'll just, okay, you'll hit 62% of your freeze. And so now we're just going to, you know, we'll win that way. It, it's mm-hmm. not going to happen. You got to come up with something else. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's the thing. Ohio state's got three more games left. You got at Michigan state, which has been just total booty this season. And I, you know, if you thought this is one of those seasons where Michigan state would turn it around because it's Tom Izzo and that's what he always does. No, nope, not this time. This they're, they're bad. They're year. just actually bad. Yeah, they they won against I think Indiana. I think they just pulled out a, a victory there. But for the most part, they've been pretty pretty dire the entire season, which is kind of remarkable to see. Um, at one point, they had lost five in a row or four in a row, including Ohio State. I you got to win that game. I, I think that's a a must win. Uh, and then of course you've got the last two at home with Iowa and Illinois. How do you feel about it in light of this Michigan game, which again, Ohio State super competitive in everything went pretty well. How do you feel about these rematches against two teams that are definitely going to be looking for revenge? Yeah, well, that's and that's the issue, right? So when Ohio State won both of those um, matchups on the road. Yes. So, you know, you, on the one hand, you'd say, well, that that bodes pretty well. You ought to perform better at home than you do uh, on the road. So that should give Ohio State the edge but not so much this season. There's some really interesting uh, research being done on the lack of home field advantage this season across multiple sports. There, there are only a couple sports. I want to say like NHL hockey, maybe there's still um, more of a notable home field advantage or home, home uh, ice advantage. But for the most part, the lack of fans in the stands and or whatever else is going on in this weird, you know, COVID pandemic type season uh, home field advantage ain't what it used to be. And, and I, I find, I find the data on that pretty interesting or, or the beginnings of some interesting statistical analysis. I, I definitely think Ohio state has the edge in, in both those matchups. They, they know, uh, what went well before and they know, you know, maybe what to avoid. I I'm encouraged. They were able to keep Cockburn and Garza in check in both those games. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you know, Zed's going to want to bounce back and have, the games that he's he's been having he's been just really great we you know big stands here at the 11 dub cast so i'm i'm still confident I, this game did not give me any reason to doubt this team and what it's capable of i still think they're uh, a one seed when it's all said and done with i still think you know they've got what it takes to go on a run in the tournament you know am i ready to declare that they're going to beat gonzaga in the national championship at eh, you know hmm. maybe, maybe maybe i want to slow that roll a little bit yeah given, given their defensive struggles and that uh the zags or or the bears as far as that goes will have pretty good defenses um but offensively they're as good as anybody in the country clearly yeah i i think it's not just i mean you know when we talk about inside defense we talk a lot about zed key and and cal young i i actually think ej liddell needs to step up a little bit too with regards to that obviously he's a scoring machine he's doing great on that but that's he's got to be another aspect of that he's got to be another force when it comes to shutting dudes down I I don't think they'll drop both of those games, but I really think that there's both, especially especially Iowa, I think. Illinois bounce back. Illinois, they're a top five team. They're doing good. I don't think that they're going to be quite as agitated towards the end of the season as maybe Iowa. I think Iowa is going to be pissed. 
And that will be a very interesting game for me to see what Luca Garza decides to do um, and kind of maybe redeem himself a little bit after that first game. So I, I don't think they'll drop both, but I think they're in danger of dropping at least one just because the revenge factor, in my opinion, is real. I, you know, you piss a team off that gives them a little bit of extra juice and having teams back to back. That's the other thing that really sucks. I mean, playing Michigan, then Michigan state, Iowa and Illinois, whether or not Michigan state sucks and they do, they're going to play hard. Um, I, that's, that's a, that's a tough stretch. So to ask them to win all three of those, I think might be a little bit, I don't know, a little bit optimistic, but if they, they can definitely pull it off and you know, the, the shooting, you get Justin Arns back, right? Like, and actually making some threes, and that mm-hmm. puts pressure on anybody. And, um, you know, they can go toe-to-toe with anybody in the country. So, yeah. so I'm excited for the question for you is, is yeah, right, no, let's, let's say this last four weeks, yeah. you know, it, it's, we, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. It was going to be a tall task from the get-go. So let's right. say they finish two and two. All right. Mm-hmm. So they, they take, sparty and the illini uh but drop michigan and iowa let's say is is going 500 in that four game stretch is is that a win is that a push is that is that meet meet or exceed your expectations fall short of your expectations i don't think that's a i don't think it's a win i mean you want to you want to you know take down most like you you got three top 10 ish teams you want to be able to take down two of them and kind of establish your bona fides but this is a really hard ass conference it it's so hard it's so hard to beat these damn teams mm-hmm. uh, even the mediocre teams are so really really good and two and two is not the worst thing in the world one and three eh, that's a problem right you lose to all three of your you know ranked opponents that's that's going to be an issue but uh two and two is not something that i think um bothers me too much given the quality of these teams mm-hmm. um it'd be one thing if like you know iowa wasn't ranked or one of these teams wasn't very good or something like that besides michigan state and you know you're just kind of limping going into the postseason but that doesn't really seem to be the case they still seem to be firing on all cylinders um you know like i said if they lose by 30 to one of these teams then yeah that sucks that that's that's cause for worry but if they're in it and they go two and two i'm not sweating it too much because it's 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 hard it's damn hard it still kills me as I look back through the schedule, you know, you, you're seeing these teams that Ohio State has beaten. Like how uh, many ranked teams have they even had to play? I mean, it's it, this is, yeah, like it's not some situation where these these teams are just waltzing in and they suck and Ohio State's just kind of like, you know, bombing on bad teams. It's not the case. This is a hard-ass conference. Well, and to your, I mean, to your point, like look at the teams that they've lost to uh, other than Michigan. Okay, Purdue times two yeah (laughs) northwestern and minnesota Uh, you know i mean what a that's not the group that if you looked at the schedule and say okay ohio state's gonna have five losses pick them out right those were not the teams you were gonna pick maybe purdue like purdue's you know but that's not you you would have been looking at illinois and michigan and iowa right Uh, you know maybe wisconsin and it was okay but not that's just i find this season really fascinating for a lot of reasons um i think i I think the timing here is is big too that you're getting these teams at the stretch because it relative to the tournament seeding question you know i've I've been pretty unabashed i think they're a one seed i think you know lenardi holding them in a one seed is you know tips the hat a little bit because they've had a tremendous resume um and i think i think dan hope's going to write about this on the site this week like ohio state's resume is really fantastic when you look at the number of teams in quad one that they've beaten 
you know, ranked opponents. Um, I think they've got more of those, what you would call quality wins than anybody else in the country. And I don't think that's hyperbole. I mean, I've heard enough analysts, you know, bracketologists, pundit types say that. And so that's the reason you see Ohio state in that one seed and have for a couple of weeks now. Uh, but if they go 500, certainly you're going to have people chattering about that. Sure. And God forbid that if they do go one and three, then, then yeah, then it's a, okay, well, this isn't maybe a one seed. It's right. There are two or three seed. Yeah. The other thing is that, you know, like Illinois, that's the other thing that they might be thinking about. You played them last game of the season, Illinois, they're playing for a one seed. Honestly, like they, their last games here, they've got Michigan state and we're recording this on Monday night. They got Michigan state on Tuesday. They got Nebraska. So those are two probable wins. They've got Wisconsin, Michigan, and Ohio state. They close out the season three games on the road there. I mean, look, they don't have to beat Michigan, but if they beat Wisconsin, Ohio state, there's a damn good chance. That's a, that's a number one seed. And, And not for nothing. I mean, they're on a seven game win streak. Yeah. At, at, at press time here I mean, right it's, it's pretty impressive in this conference it is it's extremely impressive and granted they haven't been playing the murderers row of the conference but they don't need to it's it's still the big 10 it's still a really good conference and that's something that they'll be playing for so i i don't think this thing is locked in ohio state has to win uh they really do have to beat illinois in my opinion like that's that's got to happen um but you may be like well but I guess what I'm saying is you've got to, you've got to establish this as a number one seed team. I don't think they have it locked up. I mean, maybe like if you beat Michigan state and Iowa and then maybe lose a close one to Illinois and Illinois doesn't, I mean, there's a lot of factors into this, Mm -hmm. but you can't, you can't go one and three against um, this last four set. So you got to go at least two and two. I think that'll be fine. Um, But I'm just, I don't know. I'm excited for March Madness to start. Now, here's the question that I have for you real quick. This is what I wanted to get into. You look at this team and how it's played and how they've done and how they've done it. It is so, so different than the basketball that we kind of came up with, right? That we came of age with. They're winning games 92 to 82, right? Like, 87 to 81 90 to 85 that's not like those are anomalies and, and especially if you're thinking about like the thad mata era like that that's certainly not <laughs> that the kind of scores that they were putting up yeah how do you feel about how basketball has changed in the past 10 15 years because it is it is starting to mirror what the nba is with the you know like you're, you've got the outside shooting you've got guys who are mm-hmm. just going to be making half court shots all kinds of crazy stuff are you okay with the evolution of basketball as it is? Yeah. I mean, this is something I've heard a phrase a couple times this season from different people who watching one of these Ohio state games. And somebody said, Mike, this is an NBA game. You know, yeah. Just, just the, the, the shooting, the amount of scoring, you know, Ohio state, Michigan combined for almost 180 points. I think it was 179. I think it was the posted total. Uh, that's, that's pretty incredible, right? Like that's far from the, 40 to 50 uh scores virginia teams were pumping out here just a couple of years ago right so and if you go back and look not just comparing this to the mata era when you and i were undergraduates but compare it to even the beginning of the holtman tenure like in 2017 was this what you thought this team would look like i'm i'm not sure that it was uh, so I, and I've used the phrase this, um, year a couple times, you know, this is the modern game of basketball. 
that's that's where we are and so it's it's fun that's the other thing i've heard quite a few people say is how fun these games have been right so i'm going back and looking at schedules you know just looking at like last year okay ohio state ohio state um put some points on the board a year ago right so i'm looking down through here and say okay 95 86 85 90 um you know there were some high scoring games last season but then you also had look at the losses that ohio state had in that horrible january run 59 67 50 you know ohio state's yeah ohio state's output in those games 59 57 55 right. 54 right 59 lost to minnesota you know, <laughs> 76 to penn state i look at that that first penn state game last year what the heck was going on there 106 to 74 like <laughs> and then and then the second one they lost was 76 to 90 i mean you you know that's a 30 point swing yeah from one game to that it was just that was nuts they didn't have the consistency this year they're consistent um so i I've, I've enjoyed it it's been a lot of fun i'd love to see them be a little stouter on defense but you know if you're going to play a game where first team to 100 wins oh okay all right that's again the modern game of basketball i guess to an extent well and it's not just point scoring i mean you can go back and look at some of these past teams and they've put up points right like i'm not saying that it's it's a situation where okay every shot clock off right nobody no shot clock you know, they're just going to hold on to the ball for 20 minutes and everybody's going to leave with like a 32-28 game or something like that. It's not It's not been like that for a very long time. Even in the 90s, you had some really high-scoring Ohio State teams. But I guess the larger thing that I, I think maybe kind of blows my mind is the idea of somebody just posting up maybe three feet outside the three-point line for a three. Like, that seems insane to me still. It's still something that I have a hard time wrapping my head around mm-hmm. as a viable offensive choice for a basketball player to make and it works out it's it's for someone who idolized greg odin right you know when i was in uh college that was you know he was playing um as when i was a senior at ohio state and i was like this is basketball like this is how basketball should be you have this giant dude in the middle you've got you know guys taking like jumpers outside but they're not like you know they're not doing crazy stuff they're doing you know nice little bunnies and you know getting those two point easy two point shots i thought that was the way to do it and i thought basketball was going to be that way and to see the evolution the last 10 years is just kind of mind-blowing because i'm not i mean look i'm a layman when it comes to basketball strategy and all that kind of stuff yeah but watching both the nba and college of basketball um change is is really kind of I don't know. It's fun. It, it really like, that's what I love to see is an evolution of a sport like that. And in, in football, right? Like football, you can see it dramatically because you're actually seeing a pause teams line up. You see something you haven't seen before and you go, Holy crap, that's incredible. Basketball. I think it's a little more subtle um, unless teams are just raining threes. Um, and I, maybe, maybe it shouldn't have snuck up on me because I'm sure that there were signs of it years before. Like that's, what players were gravitating towards more. And, and that's what, you know, college uh, basketball was kind of like making choices in terms of their personnel that would reflect how they want the team to look, all that kind of stuff that mm-hmm. I didn't really pick up on. And then all of a sudden you see Ohio state shooting 25 threes a game. And it's like, that's yeah. incredible. Like that's insane. Well, I mean, look at, you go back to that. You mentioned Greg Oden. So that was 06, 07. Right. And, yeah. and I look at that. Okay. They went 37 and four, uh, you know, 90, 90, 90%, won 90% of their games. So 37, four is pretty great, right? 16 and one in the conference. Sure. And I go down through there and I'm, and I'm looking at scores. Okay. When we get into the conference. Um, so, you know, the one L they took in the 
early part of the season was to North Carolina. People might remember um, in Chapel Hill, it was 98 to 89. Uh, Valpo, they, they beat 78 to 58 that season. Uh, and, I, and I go down through here, get, they played, lost to Florida in December uh, in Gainesville, 86 to 60, which would, of course, become a harbinger of things to come later on. But if you go into the conference schedule, okay, uh, Ohio State, 74 to 67, 62 to 44 over Illinois, uh, lost to Wisconsin, 72 to 69. Um, keep going down through here, Iowa, 82, 63, Michigan State, 160, you know, Ohio State beat Michigan State 66 to 64. These weren't necessarily super high scoring games. In fact, the uh, the game they beat Wisconsin, they come back and beat them uh, in the regular season, 49 to 48. You know, like that, that was a <laughs> grind it out. I mean, you know, Bo Ryan, deal with it, grind it out. That's actually hilarious. You know, that was why, I mean, they, we didn't crack 100 points total. Um, you know, they had a, a lower scoring game versus Georgetown in the final four, 67 to 60. Uh, you know, that was an interesting, so you just fast forward, you know, to your point, 14 years later, more or less. And the, the points that, I mean, that team with, oh, and they weren't just out, like you say, out there shooting 50% from three right? and, and shooting the lights out, um, much different construction of a basketball team. Yeah, it's 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 just really interesting to watch. I don't I mean, the other thing I was thinking about with regards to this is also with football, which is, you know, football, of course, has changed uh, immeasurably just in yeah. the past five years, really. I oh, mean, yeah. About how they've kind of shifted the fun and gun. And, and that's really kind of the standard, honestly, for most teams. Um, do you miss do you miss the grinded out? run the ball 50 times kind of thing of the nineties. Is that, do you still pine for that? Because I actually think I've written about this a couple of times and it's interesting to see the feedback that I get from the commenters. I think there's a lot of people who miss that, who miss the days of nineties football where you've got fullbacks and you know what I mean? Like yeah. blocking tight ends or they're never going to catch a ball. Like, is that something that you miss? Do you wish that 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 was that was still around a little bit? Conceptually, I do. In that, it's the idea of an offensive line just imposing its will, and you know, a, a, a big bruising back coming between the tackles or hitting that gap and knocking somebody's head off to open up the second level. You know, that in three yards in a cloud of dust and and so on. And yet, you know. I don't know after watching Ryan Day's offenses that I'm really pining for. You can't go back. Like you, I'm not really pining <laughs> for even. And, and you know, and and the listeners know, like uh, Jim Tressel is my like coaching hero. He's the guy at the top of the the heap for me. I yeah. r- really admire that dude. And like I'm not pining for Tressel Ball. You know, after watching the Ryan Day coached offenses, that's just so. I'm, I'm all on board with the seven yards in a cloud of dust. Like if we're going <laughs> to, we're going to run the ball. Like I've gotten used to that, that Ohio state can consistently get seven, eight yards, a carry um, relatively consistently with all these different types of backs that they've had it's still an offensive line driven program and all that. But no, I am not really, I'm not really pining away for <laughs> just ground and pound. Yeah. Not so much. Not so much. Yeah, it's 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 weird because I, you know, that's what ended up, you know, 
I'm, I'm not clamoring for air raid, I guess I should say. You know, like yeah, I'm, sure. Right. I'm not going for that, but. I'll just say that I became enamored with football because of that, because of the idea of just grinding it out and the lines and all that kind of stuff. Um, but damn, it's, it's maybe, and this is kind of what I alluded to at the beginning. It's maybe this disbelief that it's sustainable, right? Like I, I watched the style of basketball. I watched the style of football and I go, there's no way you can keep that up, right? You're going to throw an interception. You're going to start missing threes. Yeah. And I can't personally believe that that's an effective way to play a game, but it is, it absolutely is. It works because they're good at it now. And that's just, it's, it's been really interesting to watch that evolution because part of the reason why you ran the ball 50 times a game is because you didn't want to throw five interceptions, right? That's right. Part of the reason why you didn't shoot 25 threes a game is because you know, you would only make like six of them. So that's changed. That's the skill set of the players and the athletes have changed. And that's, kind of cool to watch as well because players right now right like the guys on ohio state's team what they were born in like 2002 yeah, right they've never, they've never seen it they never seen it it hasn't been part of their life they grew up thinking that they can hit those threes and that they can you know throw you know 80 80 completion rate with zero interceptions over the course of you know the entire season that's within the realm of possibility and that's what's so fun about watching the evolution is that the, what you didn't think was possible is absolutely within the abilities of these players and i think that's really cool last thing i want to say on this topic so ohio state this season right now is averaging about 23 threes a game right okay in 2004, 2005, Ohio State men's basketball averaged about 22 and a half threes per game. So you're like, oh, okay, well, that's that's pretty similar. Here's the difference. In 2004, 2005, 22.4 three-point attempts per game was good for 33rd in the country. Right now, that's good for 119th. Whoa. <laughs> so there's a slight difference in wow. how basketball – yeah, there's a slight difference in how basketball is being played from uh now and about 20 years ago that's what i find really fun um that's and by the way i i mean at some point i gotta look this up i'll have to dive a little more deep i really want to know what the number one team in the country how many threes they're taking per game because that's that's a lot that's a lot of threes that's really incredible 23 only gets you 119th in the country that's that's something else yeah um wow so anyway that's i i just thought that was interesting and for a lot of people who maybe just only watch their team, you know, leading up to March Madness, this mm -hmm. March is going to be a lot of fun. It yeah. really is. You're going to see so many teams do some really crazy stuff. And I, that, the other great thing about this change in basketball is that I think it really, really leans into the strengths of March Madness, which is upsets, people doing crazy things, going off for 50 points unexpectedly. There's so much that can happen, especially when you've got people who have the ability to like light it up at any point in time, right? You can't, you can't have a team that's just going to be sitting on your chest with their talent and, you know, win by 15 and score 60 points. That's not going to really happen. That's not going to cut it. Yeah. Um, Cause if you try to do that, you have a team, you know, sneak up and bite you in the ass and, you know, shoot 53s and hit half of them. So mm -hmm. um, I'm excited for that. I'm really, God, I miss, I miss March Madness so much last season and I'm really, it's coming to see it this year. I feel like, I, I feel like, you know, Ned Stark winter is coming, uh, but, you know, ba basketball is coming. It's the, the, the match madness is coming. Yes. It's well, and that's the thing, man. Like you really, I don't know. You, you want to make sure that 
the fun things in life that we enjoy are are there and and hopefully that's what we get so um i'm trying i'm trying to see if i can find this damn thing it looks like it looks like um okay so the number one three-pointing three-point attempting team in the country and by the way they're not great at shooting this thing is uh florida international right now florida international shoots 31.3 three-point shots per game there you go how, <laughs> how many of those are they hitting they're hitting 33.8 percent of them so mm, about little, 10 and a half per game a little, little soft little soft uh, and what's interesting is because I'm looking at these stats, a lot of these teams who are shooting a lot of threes are not great at it. Uh, the, my favorite one here is St. Joe's. Typically, a pre- I mean, that's a team with some history, although this year they're absolute ass. Uh, St. Joe's is shooting about 30 per game, and they're only hitting uh, 30% of them. <laughs> so <laughs> less than ideal from st joe's suboptimal suboptimals um they all want to be they all want to be the warriors but well hey man baylor right baylor shooting 24.4 they're hitting uh over 10 a game so they're they're shooting around 44 percent, which is about like that's about four percent higher than everybody else Mm -hmm. in the country so good for them um so anyway, I just I just thought we'd get into it. Interesting digression, and, and we'll see a lot more of this craziness in the next few games. Uh, we want to remind you that the Dubcast is sponsored by the Dry Goods Store at 11warriors.com, drygoods.11warriors.com. Shirts, hats, stickers, all kinds of great stuff. Looks like it's getting a little warmer out there, so maybe check out the T-shirts that we have available, uh, the great and varied T-shirts that are out there. Uh, you know, I, I think I think – 50 degrees which is what it should be i think in the next few days is t-shirt weather so i totally agree yeah and especially after what we've been through you know let the sun's out guns out that's all i'm saying you know what i mean like show them off show off the pipes that you've developed during quarantine (laughs) in your in your basement gyms or your uh you know your your attic uh exercise spaces um So we're going to do a little ask us anything. And as always, you can send us questions to ask us anything to dubcast, D-U-B-C-A-S-T at 11warriors.com. Let's let's go ahead and and get a question here from our good friend, Alvin. And I really, this is a very timely question. I enjoy this quite a bit. He says, during these snow Ohio winters, when I was on campus, we would borrow lunch trays. Okay. Just steal them. It's fine. From Mirror Lake Cafe and sled down the hills around Mirror Lake and onto the frozen over lake. What are your fondest memories on campus during winter? I have a very specific story about that, but I'm going to let you ha- go ahead and go first on that. Yeah, so I, I lived in Scott House, the the original, not the the new palatial uh, residence on North Campus. Um, I Scott House of old was one of the the two dorms at that time. Um, Norton and Scott were were a complex where most of the ag majors who lived on campus were in one of those two dorms. Um, and so a lot of, a lot of folks I had known through 4-H and FFA and whatnot, and, and of course had a lot of classes with, but w- weren't all ag majors. There were folks from all other majors um, represented as well, but we had a huge, big uh, open lot between Woodruff and, and the building. Um, people would call that Scott Beach for whatever reason. <laughs> nice. And so that was a great, you know, bit of green space for you know, just goofing off. We would have a hog roast every year and so on, but in the winter, naturally that was the place where snowball fights happened. And so it just, I don't know, it was a lot of, a lot of good, like big kid 
type fun. You just go out there and uh, I don't remember making ever building a snowman or anything along those lines, but but there were definitely snowball fights that happened sort of organically out on Scott Beach. You know, did it you, was a lot of fun. Yeah, let me ask you this. Did you ever I don't think I don't think you did, but I want to ask anyway. Did you ever get a day off uh, because of snow and or no, cold? No. Okay. That that so, was, I remember after I was um, away from campus and remember, I don't remember what year it would have been probably when you were an undergrad, maybe because you were a couple of years behind me, I think mm-hmm. um, did you had, you had a snow day. We had two had and two. yeah. And, and it was, they were both deserved. I mean, the one of them we got because it was just insanely bitterly cold. I mean, we're talking like negative 10, negative 15. Yeah. Like not, not really ideal for people commuting or trying to get to class. Sure. Anything. And the other one was because of just excessive ice and snow. Um, and actually, I take the back. So undergrad, I got a couple of days off. And then grad school, we had basically a week off because that's when a huge ass blizzard hit and literally two feet of snow dumped on the school. And like, what are you gonna do about that? Like, that's- I, I feel like that I remember when that that first one, I think it must have been the one that was so cold. I remember like hearing it on the news or something and thinking, that can't be right. Ohio state doesn't close class. Right. Like that's not, no, Ohio state does not do that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. And, that was around and now it's become Day. somewhat more commonplace, I guess, than it used to be. Yeah. They're a little more willing to do it now. I just remember, cause we, I mean, we knew that Ohio state quote unquote never closed. So my roommate and I are super great guy, Gary, um, Gary and I went out and it snowed a bunch and we're like, all right, well, we got a day off. So let's go. And this is this, so the second day, I think, was for the cold. The first day was for the actual like snow and stuff. Mm-hmm. And we went out on the oval, and Gary's uh, Gary's a pretty tough dude. He's actually, I think, a captain in the uh, army right now. Righteous. Um, so he's he's a tough ass dude. And we were out there like, we're gonna, we're gonna do something with this. And we found another guy on the oval and we made um, this gigantic snowman. It ended up being literally nine feet tall. The second snowball, we actually had to build a ramp to roll on top of the, <laughs> the first one. Love so that. it was about nine feet tall. Like I swear to you, at least nine feet tall, maybe 10. We called it Greg Snowden. Uh, I was <laughs> <very proud of laughs> um, so we spent like probably three hours building this damn thing. It, uh, you know, they were filming on the oval. So it got on the news. Unfortunately, we weren't able to like talk about how amazing we were because we had left at that point. Mm-hmm. But we build this giant snowman. We go with a couple other friends to Mirror Lake, get a sandwich, come back. And I see these complete awful excuses for a human being knocking Greg Snowden over these and their drunken, idiotic revelry, these mm-hmm. moronic douchebags probably from south campus had were knocking over greg <laughs> snowden and i wanted to like fight them i was like let's go yeah. and nobody wanted to go with me and i'm like damn it i could have gotten an assault rap for getting angry about a snowman being knocked over so i'm glad i didn't i'm glad i didn't that's the and, worst uh, well, then the, the nice moral of this is, okay, so we built a snowman and got knocked over. That's sad. Whatever. We got pictures with it. That's cool. Uh, next day, Gary wants to go out and buy a uh, Valentine's card for his girlfriend. That's nice. So I decided to go with him just to see. Yeah. Bitterly cold. And we go out on the oval and we see that somebody has hollowed out the, the, the bottom snowball of Greg Snowden into a little igloo. Oh. It, was, it was like, so nature was healing itself. And I, I appreciated that somebody took our effort and made it into something, you know, nice after that horrific attack uh, by our, our supposed fellow Buckeyes. So, um, you know, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. 
school was out we got to do whatever we want it was totally unexpected nobody expected to have a freaking snow day mm-hmm. um it was a lot of, it was just a lot of fun it was cool and then uh in grad school um you know we had that two feet of snow and i got out of teaching for like a week because i was at reynoldsburg doing my student teaching so nice. <laughs> i was like i don't want to drive from campus to reynoldsburg anytime soon and i didn't have to. <laughs> so it was, it was good it was good times i enjoyed it so that hopefully that answers your question alvin i i hope people were able to get out and enjoy the snow a little bit i know it was a huge pain in the butt for a while there but i will say this past weekend me and my wife were able to get out and you know walk around a little bit near the Olentangy and check out the park of roses that was that was a good time that was fun mm-hmm. um nice. so you know snow's melting but maybe maybe check out enjoy it while you can that's all i'm saying so that's ask us anything for this week continue sending in those questions we'll continue answering them and continue to listen to the dubcast we've got we've got some serious basketball business to attend to here in the next few games so we'll be back to analyze that break it all down and and hopefully you know not commiserate over any losses instead just gloat about how awesome ohio state is that is exactly Um, what's going to happen that's exactly what's going to happen i am confident all right well good i i i believe in your confidence um and until then i'm johnny i'm andy And we'll see you then.